All right, Razorback fans, QB1 is very important, as we all know. But what may be just as equally important is QB2. So who's it going to be? Let's talk about it on today's Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Friday. And for those of you who are watching on YouTube, yes, I am wearing a hat. Don't wear them very often. But uh, Bird Dogs was nice enough to uh, send me this sweet hat. This is the white tech hat that you get for free when you enter in the promo code Locked On College at birddogs.com. So check it out. It's a pretty sweet hat, right? I mean, if I'm wearing it, you know it's a good one. But, um, you know, there's, I'm glad it's Friday for one. And there's been a lot of topics we've tried to cover throughout the podcast for the past like week, week and a half. And it, it's funny because I, I read some of the comments and some people are just like, man, you know, like, uh, I think you're stretching it. Oh, man, you know, you're really making a mountain out of a molehill and, and all of that, which I'm like, okay, that's fine. I mean, it's, it's what practice is all about. It's all it's what fall camp's all about is just having fun and creating content and, doing some cool things with it but today is actually like a legitimate one that like and i've all been legitimate i shouldn't say that today's like a legitimate one to where i think it's as important as anything when it comes to the success of this football season for arkansas but something that we maybe take for granted or don't discuss enough and it has to do with who's backing up kj jefferson you know there was a time where i felt like whoever was backing up who was not important or at least not important to an extent of being talked about in a serious and very legitimate way. It's more just about, okay, well, this is who the backup to me was always about who was just going to be the guy next year. You know, that's how it was set up. But as the seasons have gone on and as football has gone on, and as I've grown up and, and watching the game, you know, there's no question that the quarterback is the most important and his backup might be just as important. And I went back and looked at some of the Razorback football seasons, folks, in which uh, there was a lot of them to go through. You know, like there was about, you know, just looking at, I was looking at the fact that the past like 15 years, something like that, because uh, I think that that's a fair thing to look at uh, when it comes to this study that I was kind of conducting. But there really has not been many seasons, if at all, where the backup quarterback did not matter. Or at least it didn't come into play. Last year, we know what happened. Like, we know that when KJ went out, it was a completely different team. And there were two games, essentially, that KJ Jefferson did not play in. Mississippi State was the first one that uh, he was unable to participate in. And then we also know that against Liberty, he still wasn't 100% healthy in that one. But I start going back and I'm like, so what was the last time that Arkansas, just looking at them specifically, went through an entire season without having to use the backup quarterback in a meaningful snap. I'm not talking about in garbage time, in a meaningful snap. Last year, they did. What about the year before, 2021? It was close. KJ almost played and started in every game. But against, if you remember the game against Texas A&M, which Arkansas actually ended up winning, in the second half, you had Malik Hornsby have to come in because KJ was hurt. So. 
that one might be the best example, or at least the closest example, of not having to worry about you know, a starting quarterback. But even in 2020, the COVID year, uh, Felipe Franks was out for the Missouri game, to which we know K.J. Jefferson had to come in and perform really well. I'm not even going to look at 2019 and 2018 in those seasons, because let's be honest, um, you had an idiot for a coach, and it wouldn't have mattered who they ran out at quarterback. Like Every quarterback was trash. So it's like, what is, what's the point of even going through it? You people could have gotten hurt and it still wouldn't have mattered. But, you know, going back before that, uh, you had the season with Brett Bielma, his final year. Austin Allen got hurt and they had to bring in against Ole Miss Cole Kelly, who won the game for him. Uh, same thing in 16. 15, you, you didn't really need any backup quarterbacks in that one. That was probably the one year where Brandon Allen. Being the starter was the starter the entire year and never really had to come out. Before that, in 2014, though, he did have to come out. He got hurt late in the season. 2013, same thing. 2012, you know, Tyler Wilson got hurt. 2011, Tyler Wilson got, did not get hurt that season, so that was another one. 2010, we know that Ryan Mallett got hurt and Tyler Wilson had to come in. So the point is, is like you just go through the years, and it's not every single year. However, the vast, 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 vast majority of the seasons, at some point in time, you had to rely on your backup quarterback to come in and do something. Sometimes it was to try and win the game. Whether you had a, a, you were trailing in the, late in the game or in the beginning of the game, or if it was against a big opponent, or even, in some cases, you had to have a quarterback come in to just hold on to the lead. Just don't screw it up. Hold on to it as long as you can and, and make it work. It's happened pretty much every year, and it's more than likely going to happen again this year. I'm just being honest. I'm not wishing KJ to get hurt. I hope he doesn't get hurt. None of us hope he gets hurt. But just looking at it from the perspective of how college football works and how it all uh, is, especially when you're a player like KJ, it's going to be inevitable that at some point in time this season, you're going to have to have the backup come in and play. So who's it going to be? Well, here was Sam Pittman talking with the media just yesterday about the backup quarterback position and as well as the competition to go along with it. I mean, it's always a battle. But Jacoby Criswell is one heck of a quarterback. And so is Fortin. I mean, Criswell has a, an elite special arm, and he can fly. And uh, so um, uh, they've both done a nice job. Uh, Criswell is, is, uh, is really playing well as well. So you got a good competition, as, as Coach Pittman says, a good competition going on. But to me, he didn't, he didn't give out the answer, but I certainly felt that considering how he approached it and how he answered it, it's going to be Jacoby Criswell. Jacoby Criswell is going to be the backup. Cade Fortin does have some experience. He is the redshirt senior and uh, COVID year senior. Like, he's been around for a long time. And you know, he's, he played a little bit last year, and he wasn't, it wasn't bad even at times. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad, though, but uh, it's going to be him. You have Malachi Singleton also be there. He's a true freshman, but hopefully you don't have to see much of him this year because if you do, probably means somebody really got hurt. A few people got hurt. But you're going to have Jacoby Criswell come into a game this year and either have to win it or have to hold on to a lead or whatever it may be. I feel a lot more confident now than I did last year. We all know about the Malik Hornsby thing and how it all went down. And honestly, I'm not trying to you know, throw shade against people now after they're gone. But I think one of the things that Kendall Bryles really 
did not do anyone any favors in is having a backup quarterback prepared and ready. I don't, I don't think he did a good enough job of that. And so with Dan Enos now at the helm, I feel better about it too. But you can have one of two ways of this going about. Because I brought up a lot of examples of quarterbacks that came in when other quarterbacks got hurt and how did it go? Well, sometimes it went really well. I mean, you think about when uh, Tyler Wilson had to come in for Ryan Mallett back in 2010 on the road against Auburn. Arkansas ended up still losing the game, even though they lost to the eventual national champions, Auburn. But Tyler Wilson came in and performed really well. Or like when K.J. Jefferson had to come in for Felipe Franks after he was hurt against Missouri. K.J. came in and performed really well. It happens that way. But then there's other times, too, where it doesn't really always work out. Like the times that Malik Hornsby came in last season. Or the time that Brandon Allen had to come in for Tyler Wilson when Brandon Allen was a true freshman. Um, I would even say when Cole Kelly had to come in for Austin Allen. Not to say he was terrible, but he just wasn't. There was a pretty significant drop off there. And you see the different ways of how it was handled and what the results were from it. You got to have somebody ready. You got to have Jacoby Criswell or Kate Fortin, whoever it is, but you got to have them ready. Because that is something that's going to be an unforgivable sin this season. Where if and when KJ goes out or gets banged up or whatever it is, and you have an offense that was clicking at a high level with KJ, and you bring in the backup, and it looks like they've never played offense before in their life, that becomes a major issue. That cannot happen should not happen, and hopefully doesn't happen. But you got to make sure your quarterback is ready. You got to make sure that your guy can roll out there on the field and just pick up right where they left off. Maybe not be as good of a start as the starter, because there's probably a reason why there's a starter and a backup. But just go out there and at least have the confidence to lead the team to a victory. Have the trust and respect of your teammates and the trust and respect of your coach. You do that, You'll be in good shape, but you got to prove it. And you got to prove it probably at least once this year, maybe even a few. Folks, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. And every part just needs to fit right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part that you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit, or your money back. Just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. So when you shop on eBay Motors, you're confident in it. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a big win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay, guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions do apply. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. So we know that there are a few new pieces to the team and a few transfers, especially in the wide receiver group that we've heard from and then we've talked about Andrew Armstrong, uh, as well as Tyron Broden and well as uh, Isaac Tesla. Uh, guys that either came from small schools 
or just D2 schools even, like, you know, schools that you wouldn't even be able to ever hear from or point out on a map. And I think it's fascinating how people approach this too. It's like, if, you are, if you're at a D2 school or you transfer from a D2 school to a SEC school, it's almost like, ah, oh, well, I don't know about that. I don't know about how they're going to do it. Uh, they, they, don't, they don't know what it's like to play the SEC. I mean, this is, this is the closest thing the NFL they're going to get. They're going to get a rude awakening once they get to the conference. And you know what? Some of them, some of them do. Some of them have that happen. But in regards to someone like Isaac Tesla, he's a guy that had a lot of scholarship offers to go to other schools, even in the SEC. He chose Arkansas. And it seems like he's really adapting and doing really well with the team and everything. But people want to see it on the field when they go up against another SEC team. And when Isaac Tesla met with the media, as well as uh, Al Walcott, he was asked about like the biggest differences, or at least the biggest jumps in what he's noticed about going from D2 to an SEC school like Arkansas. Uh, Asked Andrew yesterday kind of what was the biggest change from going from a smaller school to the SEC. He said that the seats in Razorback Stadium. For you, what's kind of been like the biggest, oh, wow, moment I'm, I'm here playing in the SEC? Yeah, I mean, just the the skill level of the DBs and just how smart and physical they are is something I never really faced in the D2 level. Obviously, you know, that's more of a tribute to the SEC than it is like a knock on D2 because there's like obviously a ton of good players uh, where I was before. But Definitely just, you know, the physicality. And I didn't face a lot of man-to-man uh, back at Hillsdale. So here, learning how to get off uh, man-to-man and press and stuff like that is something I needed to adjust to. Off the field specific, that's that stood out? Man, I just love the community here. Uh, my first time ever coming to Arkansas uh, was on my visit. And you never know what to expect when you're visiting somewhere that uh, many people don't know about. So coming here to Fayetteville, it's just – well, the atmosphere and the fans here and just the pe- people in the community, I feel like it was incredible. Amen. All right, so there's Isaac Tesla and also love the uh, Al Walcott amen at the very end of it. But, yeah, you know, you think about some of the players that come from the D2 that has actually performed pretty well. And, like, one of the most recent examples of it, and maybe it's not the exact same level or league or whatever, but I think about, like, a John Ridgeway, who, back in 2021 was really the only defensive lineman that was pretty consistent and was just an absolute monster. And he came from D2 or D3 or whatever. I mean, he came from a lower level and he had one year left and he came into Arkansas and boom, he blew up and made the most of it and played in the NFL. I don't know if he's still in the NFL or not, but I know he was messing around with the Cowboys and all that. But still, the point is, is that he was able to be good enough to play at Arkansas and to play in the NFL coming from that small school. So it is possible to get sometimes big-time players who maybe got overlooked a little bit when they were in high school, or maybe they didn't come into their own until they got into college, or maybe they just had to showcase their skills and abilities to work their way up to get the notice and attention that they needed. And when once they did, they were able to translate it pretty quick. I mean, I don't know if Isaac Tesla is going to be going nuts, like, Falling out and having the highest numbers in the SEC would be pretty cool if he did. Be a rock cooler if he did. But what I do know is that you just can't look at a player from wherever they transferred, even if it was a lower level school than what you or I are used to, and immediately write them off. I feel like if there there is a reason why so many people wanted someone like a Tesla or a Ridgeway or whoever, 
even a guy like Andrew Armstrong coming from Texas A&M Commerce, like he had legitimate offers to other big schools, even in the SEC. So you can't write them off. They can be big time players and they can be effective immediately. Now, am I going to guarantee it? No. You know why? Because I don't know. But I'd like to see what they can do. And if they're able to hang into practice, going up against other SEC athletes, and not only hang, but also do really well, I think that's a really good sign. Of course, some of you will be like, oh, well, that probably just means how crappy our secondary is. Okay, whatever. Just look at it at a glass half full or half empty, however you want to do it. But I'm going to look at it as a way that, hey, they're holding their own. They'll be all right, especially come SEC play. Folks, this episode is brought to you by Markell. From Fayetteville to El Dorado and everywhere in between, Markell has been helping Arkansas's small business community for over 30 years. Markell is a global specialty insurer with a truly people-first approach. To them, insurance is more than just a piece of paper. It's a promise to help people get back on their feet. We spend a third of our lives working, so on-the-job injuries can be expected. You work hard to build your business, so it's important to make sure that you and your employees have the right insurance coverage. Whether you're a new business or celebrating your 25th year anniversary, whether you have one employee or just 1,000 employees, Markell aims to understand your workers' compensation insurance needs. Find a local independent agent to get free workers' compensation insurance quote today at markellinsurance.com slash locked on. That's markellinsurance.com, M-A-R-K-E-L, insurance.com slash locked on. Markell, insuring America's small business since 1930. Insurance carrier coverage, dividends, services, availability may vary by state. Markel is a registered trademark of Markel Group Incorporated. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. So. Uh, I saw that this graphic got put up by the SEC Network, and it really got me thinking about um, what this uh, what this means. I think it's funny when people like listen. It's easy to go about and say, "Oh, who's your top five quarterbacks?" Oh, okay, didn't list them, and everyone's got a list, and most of the time the lists are pretty much the same. So I at least appreciate it when the content is pretty creative, and this is what the SEC Network did. And I'm going to throw the graphic up here on the YouTube page, and I'll explain it to you for those who are listening on audio. But essentially, what it is is they listed out the top five dudes you don't want to tackle in the SEC. All right, so that's a cool little thing, right? Makes a little sense. But they have it to where number five is Brew McCoy from Tennessee. Number four is K.J. Jefferson. Number three is Brock Bowers from Georgia. Number two is Rocket Sanders. And number one is Quinshawn Judkins from Ole Miss. Those are the top five dudes that you don't want to tackle according to the SEC network. Judkins, whatever, you know, I'm still going to prefer Rocket, especially now that he's gained weight and he's at 242, so uh, I'll probably lean towards him. But what a cool list to be on, and what a cool list to have two of the guys on. And that's a, that's like a great thing that you, there are so many highlights that you see of trying to bring those guys down, and it really doesn't go well for a lot of them, especially KJ. KJ's had at least four plays that I can remember over the past two seasons where he looked like he was dead to right, sacked, and got out of it. Or he was running and just bounced off tacklers. Like, it's one thing to, if you're a cornerback or a safety, to tackle a wide receiver or, or even a tight end, you know, somebody like that. But when you're going up against a quarterback like K.J. Jefferson that weighs 
240 pounds and is running full steam. And, you know, you're almost afraid of like, okay, it's a quarterback. Oh, crap, it's a quarterback. You know, I think there's a, and I think there's an element of psyche there where it's like you don't want to hit him too hard. You don't want to target him. You don't want to take out his legs. You, you know, you don't want to hit him when he gets too close to out of bounds. So it's almost like defenders will not go full on tackling on a quarterback because of that uh, fear. Maybe that maybe I'm overlooking it. Maybe I'm seeing too much in it. But that's how I look at it. It's like it's almost like a fear that they have. And then with Rocket Sanders, I mean, you just got a dude that's 6'2", 240 pounds. And who can run a 4'4", four, four or whatever. And he's just going to, you know, just do Madden hit stick on you or truck you. And then you're just on the ground before you know it. But I love having guys like that. And it's cool that it's at least get recognizing for that. And I couldn't imagine trying to uh, bring the, some of those guys down, especially those two dudes. And so I, I, I'll be curious to see how many broken tackles that they have this season uh hopefully it's more so for rocket i don't want to see kj running the ball too much that he has to maybe getting out of sacks is all great and good grand wonderful i'll see some of that but uh yeah just be careful be safe don't get hurt go down if you need to you know i don't risk it just go down if you need to be good that way and all of that but anyways uh, i just thought that was a cool little list and uh hopefully they have more of those plays this year which because again i couldn't imagine trying to tackle those guys like, that should be something that I think would be really good. Like, almost like the show Jackass. Remember that when I think they had an episode where Johnny Knoxville went over to USC. This is like back in the late 90s, early 2000s. He dressed up in his Tennessee volunteer garb and took a kickoff where he had no blockers, but it's just him down there. And then he had 11 guys just running down the field trying to tackle him as hard as he could. Maybe I should do that and see if, like, all right, I'm going to try to cat tackle Rocket Sanders or KJ Jefferson. And then that'd be pretty funny. Good for the content, but. I'd probably get a concussion, and I'd probably have to eat my food through a spoon, or straw, I should say, for the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. It's a great idea on paper, maybe one day, but not, not tonight. Appreciate everybody listening in the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNairs for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel next Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. We will see you then.